Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Station Tapes on 21 Soul. This week, we return to my conversation with Christian Scott Atunde Ajua. And rather than put a lot of words in the way, I'm just going to jump back into this heavy, heavy conversation. Enjoy. And following up on the grant the grand vision of the centennial trilogy now we're now we're in it we're in it an even more grand space um, mm. you start you mentioned in a meeting in in describing this record to to me uh to us uh that all forms of expression in music are equally valid mm-hmm. um <clears throat> uh, <laughs> it's so big <laughs> i want to know where to start here I think that is an addendum to a more important statement, which is that all people are valid. Mm -hmm. All perspectives are valid. That doesn't mean that the the perspective is something that you and I are going to respect in every moment. Certainly, I do not um, enjoy the perspective of a Klansman, right? But I'm smart enough to understand that based on how that person has been conditioned and maybe misled uh, throughout their experiences in their life, that from their point of view, the things that they're saying is valid. Do I think it's misguided? Do I think they need to reevaluate? Yes. But the moment that I malign their opinions and their views as not having any merit based in their actual experiences, then I am a sense doing the same thing to them that they're doing to me. And, and it becomes about getting beyond that and growing, you know? And, and, and I think, you know, that's really more of what that statement is about, you know? It, it's, a, it's about being, it's about getting rid of this, you know, this, this aspect of our culture that leaves us at a deficit of vision in terms of how we actually interact and relate to each other. Like, yeah, we're going to have disagreements. We're going to have different vantage points, but your inability to be able to see that my vantage point comes from a certain context and a perspective is always going to create scenarios where I'm always maligned as having a singular narrative and a singular feeling as a, as a person, as a culture, as a nation, all of those things, they grow in ways that actually hurt us. So we have to get beyond that. And that, that's why your vision and, and this and this record is transcendent because you you're 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 saying, as I hear you, that all uh, uh, opinions are all uh, first all forms of expression in music, but all forms of expression period are valid, and yet you're saying, uh, you know, don't don't. Uh, don't hold on to them. You have every reason, I think, in history uh, to have a particular uh, opinion about the way things went down, right? But what you're saying is, let's strip away and reevaluate. Is that is that an accurate yeah. representation? No, that's, that's accurate. I mean, the, the thing is, is that for me, I feel like that is what keeps us from moving forward more than anything else, Is is us saying that certain certain cultural groups or certain um, racial uh, um, groups or sh- certain um, groups in terms of sexual preference or gender, um, depending on where you are and when you are, you know, some of those are going to be seen as more valid than others, right? 
you know, I can't tell you how many times I've actually witnessed conversations where, you know, where someone maligns someone and says that, you know, they, they need to let it go, whatever, let's say, whatever their deal is. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to get into specifics because I think everyone listening will understand. You know, but the, the, the point is that everyone should be able to, to hold on to their histories while also being able to, to, to look at those histories and see that those, all of those histories are not from one perspective that there are actually shared stories between rivals and that in order to create the type of world that we all uh, speak about uh, creating, that we're going to actually have to reference, reference the reality that all of those stories are actually more layered and nuanced than the ones that we've been told. Like, you know, as an American, it's like you're given this one narrative about how, what America is and how it came about. There's over 300 million people living in this country now. So how could there be one narrative of how this happened? Right? So, so really what I'm actually saying is to use the brain, to use it. Yep. There's work to be done. Right. <laughs> so let, let's speak about that as we talk about ancestral recall. Um, we we live we live in a world where Europe, strangely enough, is a continent um, where the north, where the North Pole is up and the South Pole is down. Uh, where our map shows us that uh, that Africa is roughly the same size uh, as uh, well, sl- only slightly larger than uh, the U.S. and and, and yeah. Europe, uh, when in fact the, these are. These are uh, yeah, it's false. Uh, marketing techniques uh, <laughs> yeah, right. that advocates you know, the, a the, the further Western hegemony. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So, and and that applies to music as well. So, um, if you could describe, you know, what 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 is that 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 European version of uh, of uh, of music that we're that we've all been uh, been taught? Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think. Um, it's it's not really my intention to say that like one one group is right or one group is wrong. I just think that it's important to understand our context and that it is really important to to start to do the work and to take some agency in the the work that's required to decolonialize sound. And 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 what I mean by that is that the way that music is disseminated to you, you know is there are some aspects of that that um that if you're really looking at it you know might make your stomach turn um it's obvious to me that the way that music is disseminated to people is hyper racialized i don't think anyone uh you know questions that you know i always give the example that if you visualize a salsalero and then a western classical musician and then a hip hop musician, you see very different people. You see three different races in that space. And, and that is something that is actually by design. You know, the, 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 the predecessor to rhythm and blues music sort of in, in between, you know, you know, jazz and spasm music, the early music of the, the 20th century, they called race music. That, that's, not, that's not for no reason, <laughs> right? That, 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 that is, that, that's a, actually a very heavy sort of, um, stamp to put on a form of music, but it, it has a lot to do with, you know, 
how we actually steer people into buying certain things and how the, the marketing aspect of what it is that 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 this industry is about. And you know, I am of the 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 notion that we have to get beyond that, right? Because it actually affects communities. It actually does damage to entire communities. When we we when you take a look at the types of music that we consider to be sophisticated and nuanced and brilliant and amazing. It's usually music that has a high harmonic and melodic content, right? Mm -hmm. um, when, when we talk about someone like Chopin, we talk about someone like Tchaikovsky, when we speak about these sort of composers, there's always this air of brilliance to it. And it's not to say that they weren't brilliant. But for some reason, when we speak about music that has a higher rhythmic value and a rhythmic constitution, uh, those music, those forms of music are usually maligned with terms like tribal or street. And these, these sort of terms are, are really sort of belittling and pejorative terms that, that essentially say that the music that comes from rhythmic cultures isn't really as valid and as amazing and captivating and polarizing as music that has a high harmonic and melodic content. Well, it doesn't take a genius to see that if you actually look at the cultural groups that have those different uh, misnomers in their musical cultural realities, it's also racial. So the, the point is, is when you're actually listening to music that comes from, uh, let's say you're listening to, to, to music that comes from Senegal or Mali or Gambi, you know, the ideas that people hold about those music are, are a lot of times they're already set in stone because it's been told to you over and over and over and over that music that comes out of the bush isn't as refined as music that comes out of, uh, of the Royal Academy in London. And I can tell you, as a person that has actually studied this music in as many environments and played this music in as many environments with as many legendary and amazing musicians that come from all different cultural vernacular uh, 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 vernac backgrounds in terms of the vernacular and the languages of music, that that is actually completely false and inaccurate. And that if, if, if you actually have developed this, the, the ear to be able to hear the harmony in the rhythms when you listen to music from Senegal or Gambia, then you realize that there's actually a trajectory in that music and stories within stories that are being told that there are vignettes within, within the confines of those compositions that are actually really amazing that are being done as a collective as well. So they're... they're no one form of music is better than another form of music. And, and that harkens to the notion that no one group of people is better than another group of people. They, are, they may be different, but the problem is, is that when you place value distinctions on the differences, that's when you're actually going to start to meet with a little bit of resistance because that is inaccurate. So this record is designed uh, with the intention of dispelling that by illuminating the aspects of the, the, the aforementioned cultures of music that haven't traditionally been shown. And so, you know, I, I think when people actually listen to that, it, it's going to focus a completely different type of listen, and, and, and it's going to be something that completely changes people's perspectives on music. I, I feel like this record actually has the ability to be able to do that sonically.
I agree. And I, I think what's interesting about it is when you hear ancestral recall, it's impossible to put a say a particular style of drumming and 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 bring up the previously ingrained imagery of what it is. Hmm. I have to I have to listen to it for what this music is without attaching any uh, preconceived right. ideas. So mm-hmm. and and you know I'm certain it's not in the liner notes that the you know this this is from this country and this is from that country. Um, right. You know <laughs> it's just this is you know I'm I'm illuminating this. So uh, I urge people to. Uh, to dig in, uh, but also leave leave your you know leave leave the previous ideas behind. Leave your hangups at the door, <laughs> you know. And and the thing is, it's um, but but I also think it's really important to be clear. You know, I, I work a lot with children. I teach a lot, and you know, it's it's important that this generation and the generation that follows and that's coming up, it you know, as a New Orleanian, there's a better way to put this. As a New Orleanian, part of what I see more often than not is the, the municipalities um, focus to make sure that they're constantly investing in the history of the city and what happened in the city, you know, the, the turn of the last century and jazz. You know, all of this, in, this, this energy is put into what New Orleans had created, but there's not so much energy that's actually being put into what the city has the ability to create now. And there is just as much, if not more, um, to be said in this moment than the last century, right? Because you, we have to be real about the fact that the people that live there now are the descendants of those people that created such a beautiful, uh, you know, wove such a beautiful tapestry in music, right? So it's it's sort of a similar idea in that this generation is also vying and jockeying to be the authors of their own reality and to create their own histories, right? That that reference the, the, the older histories, but that does it in the way that actually makes sense in their tongue. And so that's also what you're hearing in this document, right? It's, um, you know, for, for, you know, if you're a djembe fola, you may listen to one song or another, and you may say, that's Casa La Habana, that's Casa Soto. And you can hear elements of that. But when you're hearing that, you will also be hearing Cascara, and you will also be hearing the running rhythm. You may also be hearing something that comes from maybe go-go music or beat your feet music or bounce music or trap music. So the, the point is that, you know, part of what we were also in a sense trying to do is if you look at all of the other nations uh, that exist in the West African diaspora, in other words, the nations where African descent persons were taken to during the enslavement period. If you talk about uh, Cuba, if you talk about the Dominican Republic or Haiti, if you talk about Guyana, if you talk about all of these different places, they all actually have national rhythms. And our country actually doesn't have that. And so one of the ideas and the intention was to essentially create a palette where we could workshop as many of these different rhythms from all of these different countries and not just West African countries, but from all of these different rhythmic spaces as a means of trying to create a rhythm that 
is a that is a comprehensive sound that that touches and harkens to all of those other cultural tenets. So each one of the compositions on this uh, record, the rhythms evolve as the comp- compositions evolve, and the rhythms evolve and sort of marry and interweave all of these different contexts that most musicians will argue to the T that don't belong together or don't go together. So that was also an intention as well, right? It's like, um, it's kind of like, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, it's it's like when when someone says who should marry who, right? it's, It's a similar thing in music when you say that you shouldn't marry a Polish folk song with an Indian raga with a West African rhythm. Right. There are people that believe that and fervently believe that and hold those ideas and use those ideas as a means of actually uh, sort of self-segregating and creating sort of hierarchical tiers within uh, music's larger culture. And part of the, the what I'm trying to do in creating this moment is to say that you should that, that there's no one on the planet that it should ever say that a Polish person is not eligible to marry an Indian and that a West African person is not eligible to marry a Japanese person, right? So it's sort of a similar idea in that all of these people belong together because they are people, and, 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 and strictly because they come from different cultural or ethnic backgrounds, national backgrounds. That, to me, is not enough to, to, to create a moment where they should be kept away from each other. Because to me, the beauty in, in, in is really in that when you see all of our different perspectives and all of the different shades and hues and cultural influence and things, when you see all of those things and spaces together, that is what actually makes the human green, being the human being great. It's not saying that it needs to be a monolith, and if it doesn't look this way, then everything that doesn't look that way or sound that way is automatically less valid. It's not based in a superior, a superiority, infor- inferiority space. It's based in a space that says that at one point we were all together, and that no matter whether or not you're Japanese and you look different from me because your antecedents traveled to an island and got caught there and due to geographic isolation, developed a different look based in the terrain and where you were. That to me is not enough that to, to make me say, to make me dispel you as my brother and my sister. Those things are not enough to make me walk away from your humanity. And so that is really more the intention of the sound that we're trying to create. Amen. Amen. So... Christian, thank you so much for taking all this time to speak with me. No, thank you for what you do. You know, I, I always uh, uh, relish the opportunity to have these conversations because, you know, even what we were talking about, you know, earlier in terms of, of, of what's different about Ropadopin and, uh, versus other spaces. Um, I enjoy having these conversations with you because, you know, you know, we both force each other to grow and we both go back and forth. And, and those are the types of relationships that we need to cultivate in all industries, as opposed to, you know, the superiority, inferiority relationships that exist, even like when we're talking about record labels, when we're talking about the executives versus the artists that are labor class. 
Those things actually ex exist in people's day-to-day -day lives. And it's time that they actually change. And that doesn't happen without us reevaluating and actually having these conversations. So, so I'm equally grateful, my brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. So if you're listening, uh, Ancestral Recall is due out on March 22nd, 2019 from Christian Scott Atunde Ajua. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Station Tapes. If you like what we do, please subscribe on Mixcloud at 21Soul. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google, and wherever else pods are cast. Our video interview series is available on YouTube at Ropeadope99, and you can find out more about the artists we speak with at Ropeadope.com. I want to give a special thanks to the 21 Soul team, Nick Perry and Steven Yashevsky on production, Larry Yetman on video, and the great Fabian Brown on the creativity and positive energy tip. Our theme song is Red Hook Soul by saxophonist Michael Blake. You can find more of that at michaelblake.bandcamp.com or on your favorite streaming service. And finally, thanks to all of you out there who keep the flame burning for independent quality music. To the musicians who pour their creativity into the world and to those of you who are taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoy the show. Thank you.